Oh my gosh. Yeah, see, told you. I warned you it was a difficult question. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. So my guest today is Chris Klemecki. He's got a story about a jacket that we're going to get to in a little bit. <laughs> Just that's the placeholder to remind me to ask you, Chris. Yeah, uh, that's the first, kickoff. Right on. First off, thanks for uh, thanks for making some time to be on the show, and welcome. And what I'd like to oh, do thank is you, kind of Scott. Kick, I'd like to kick it over to you and say, in thirty words or less, give us your backstory. <laughs> thirty words or less. Okay. Um, yeah, um, musician since. Uh, uh, very young, a uh, video game producer as profession and day job. And I, uh, have a family here in Kirkland, um, where, uh, I also run a nonprofit called songwriters in Seattle, um, which, uh, you know, all sort of forms into this, uh, this life. I try to, uh, make, make it all work. That's awesome. So, well, let's jump in. Well, how did you get started in music? What was your introduction and when did you find out that this was a path that was going to be good for you? Yeah. Well, my mom is a um, symphonic violinist and uh, she got my brother and I both started on violin very early, uh, you know, probably five, six years old lessons, the whole thing um, that lasted not even through elementary school. <laughs> I was like, I'm done with this. Uh, wasn't wasn't very good at it. Didn't didn't really like it, uh, etc. But uh, but it was a, a seed, you know. And uh, what I found when when um, when I turned to guitar uh, in, uh, in the fifth grade or so. So what is that? Eleven, twelve ish. Turned to guitar. Really liked it. Found that I already had a fret hand, already had you know enough music background. Like I could, I could accelerate really fast on guitar, and really fell in love with the guitar uh, quickly. What really pushed that? Perfect timing. Um, just happened to uh, cross paths with Van Halen's 1984 at that uh, tender young age, and just hearing Ed go, um, like I was addicted. I was just like, that's that's it, and. Uh, yeah, so fifth, sixth grade, I was just like, uh, that's what I wanted to do. Locked in, started songwriting early. Songwriting and recording was involved probably, you know, sixth, seventh grade started to come into the, you know, little four tracks, all okay. that kind of thing. Um, and my brother picked up the bass. He was like, I want to do some of this too. And and so we had a band and my cousin was a drummer. Like it was a very family thing. Um, and we were all, you know, it, it wasn't casual. It was taking lessons. It was going to school. It was, it was learning everything about it while doing the rock and roll thing. You know, we were into, into Rush and Van Halen and, and uh, we do, do all kinds of covers, right? Covers of the times and Pink Floyd and got into progressive rock pretty heavily in the, in the younger years. Yeah. That's sort of off to the races, right? Just songwriting with my brother. He, uh, he really was the, poet of of our pair and uh he would write lyrics and i would write music to that and we'd record it and that that just became a a pattern and something that you know by the time i was sort of mid high school we had 
lots of recordings, lots of original songs, really, you know, dialed into the creative thing. We both went to uh, 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 arts high school. So supporting the arts, being a part of um, this area called Interlochen uh, up in northern Michigan uh, okay. was a, a an artistic community and school and, and very famous, especially for its summer programs. And uh, and that was just part of our lives was being in a very creative community, very you know supportive of the arts and you know, original music and writing, recording, sort of that whole thing was just part of our lives from, from, from very early on. And so, yeah, that's sort of what kicked it off. And uh, yeah, I've been, been going fast and furious ever since on that. So I've got three questions regarding Van Halen. Yeah. So <laughs> first question, have you, did you ever get to see him live? Yes. Uh, a couple of times, okay. uh, 91 and 90. Must have been ninety five ish. So so uh, unlawful carnal knowledge, which was amazing. That was highlight of. You know, I think Sammy and the gang were really at the top of their game at that point. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was a fantastic show. And then, unfortunately, you know, a few years later, for balance, they were all on their way down. <laughs> it was like Ed with his hip and Alex and neck brace, and sort of like saw them at their top, and then you know they were sort of falling apart at that. So since 1984 was your introduction, you're yeah. obviously younger than me because I was in high school when Van Halen one came out. And so before I tell you that part of the story, my next question <laughs> to you about what was it about 1984 that captivated you? What was there a particular song? What was it that spoke to you? Oh, I think it's the same thing that, that has stuck with me about Ed, just the, the, um, the sense of uh, wild abandon and yet complete control um, tone that just makes you feel great. Uh, It just resonated. His guitar playing just resonated with me so strongly Um, as, you know, I think what resonates with lots of people, you know, and has made him, you know, such, such a legend. Um, and and yes, the the songs were, you know, when Panama kicks in on 1984, it's just like, you know, n- another world for someone who hadn't really experienced that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, it just sort of sort of goes from there. So um, yeah, I was I was I was hooked immediately. Okay. Couldn't get enough of that record for sure. Uh, and then you know, sort of introduced to the rest of the catalog quickly, quickly after and, and uh, latched on to Sammy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a like one side or the other. I think there's sort of two, two, two sides of the same coin. I think Ed evolved as much as, you know, there was any kind of Sammy influence and that's just how he was as an artist and really came to respect him as a, as an artist and as an innovator um, and just someone who, who always was going for the, the highest quality and, uh, yeah, always, always was a huge fan and continued. Okay. So for me, when that, the first Van Halen one came out, that was like a seismic shift in, in music. And yeah. I was in high school and we had a school radio station and I found this album and I brought it in and pl- played eruption and, you know, <laughs> the radio station had the, the broadcast, you know, of the cafeteria. So, you know, all of five people heard this. Sure. 
but it was it was pretty pretty well it wasn't pretty it was it was mind-blowing to hear him uh play that and then i just read the other day the kind of the at least according to this article the backstory of that was he was tapping on the guitar warming up before a show before they were recorded and and they said no no you got to record this this is this is cool all right so my last van halen question for you is to put you on the spot of and then i'll 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 also answer the same question for you so you're not going to be you know out there of all their catalog what's your favorite song oh my god favorite song individual song yep wow uh that is a really tough question. Holy oh, I cow. didn't warn you that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that might be the hardest one of the day. And yeah. uh, pass this uh, one. You're, 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 it's downhill from here. Um. Holy cow! Uh, Panama is certainly a tough one to beat, and 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 sort of sticks with me as as uh you know so influential and and so uh you know that was that was the one that really kicked me off so i might have to go there and and i think you know as i sort of go through their catalog and even think of how they uh think about their catalog uh, or did think about their catalog you know they they in recent years were, were even like opening with Panama or would play that on late mm-hmm. night shows when, when Roth would join them. And it's like so iconic. Um, uh, that's the one, that's the one I'll go with for, you know, uh, for the, the final answer. Short answer. <laughs> <laughs> so mine was, mine was DOA off Van Halen. Really? Too. I, for some reason that, that song just, I don't know why I really, yeah. The rest of that album was meh to me, but, um, DOA Interesting. Was, you know, I am going to change favorite. my answer though. Now that I've had an extra second to think about it, Unchained, okay. Unchained okay. is just monstrous. Yeah, okay. it's uh, that's another one they used to open with. You know, it's just like it is. It is so uh, so powerful, and yeah. yet still able to throw you know a sense of humor in there with with the breaks, and you know, it sort of embodies a, a lot of what Van Halen wasn't just. The, the tone on fair warning in general, but unchained, especially just killer riff. Well, enough about another band. Let's talk about you and your music. (laughs) We just went down in the weeds on Van Halen. We'll move to Foo Fighters later. I'm sure. Okay. Yes. So you moved to Seattle and you got involved in this, the songwriters organization. What was the motivation for you to do that? Yep. And how is that? How's that grown over the years? Uh, yeah, sure. Happy to talk about Songwriters in Seattle. Uh, it's a it's a great group that has really become a, a you know part of my part of my life and and cohort and just a, a lot of great people involved with that and, and just a great creative community. So uh, I had I did two albums with the band in the nineties and did a solo album when I first came out to. Uh, to Seattle in the early, uh, I think that one released in 2001, right? Be- here's the point right before my first son was born. Okay. So I sort of got, got, got the rest of that music sort of flushed out of me and, and uh, you know, became focused on, on uh, the, the new, new family and uh, 
you know, all the work that goes on around that and supporting the family. And so I took a, a pretty hefty break from, from music. Um, I had a second kid in 2005. Um, and so by about 2007 or so, my wife was like, you got to get out of the house, man. <laughs> like, do you want to play some music? You know, what are you, what are you doing? And, and, you know, sort of coming out of the haze of, of early fatherhood, you know, and, and two little ones running around the house at that point. Um, she was like, have you, have you looked at like meetup, you know, who, what are other musicians doing around, around Seattle? Like she had gotten into some uh, photography groups on meetup and was sort of a fan of meetup. And I was like, ah, I'll go take a look, see if there's anything for, for songwriters. You know, I'm like, this is Seattle. There's gotta be musicians around here who are, you know, doing, doing groups and have, have support, you know, for, for songwriters that just want to get together and talk creatively. And I went out on, on meetup and, you know, kind of, Good timing, brand new group, uh, songwriters in Seattle. Only, I think at that time, less than a hundred people had joined. Sort of switching owners around. I was like, ah, I'll go, I'll go check this out. And um, that was uh, spring of two thousand eight. Then the group had just started in late two thousand seven. So I come in in, in March, and uh, a new owner of the group had just started, Jeff Hatch. It was his name, and he was just a—he was just a, a, you know, hobbyist songwriter. Had made a new record, and you know, wanted to promote it, and just wanted to see what what was going on around Seattle. And we got together and started. Uh, he started doing uh, monthly meetups at the Alibi Room at Pike Place Market, and that became our sort of home base for a little while. And people would come in and, and go. And, and that's when, uh, when Juan started showing up a little bit and, you know, just sort of poking his head in and what's with the songwriters group. And, and, uh, a few of us sort of returned month after month to just sort of feel it out and see and talk about what else was going on in the, in the Seattle scene for, for songwriting, for original music. And, uh, it really took off from there. Uh, we started doing some showcases. We were like, we should promote this a little bit, see if we can get other people into the, into the mix. Um, it was, you know, that kind of thing for a couple of years. And we were like, there's, the, the, there's something here. People really latched onto it and we attracted people from all over and uh, it was exciting. And we had more and more showcases and more and more events and uh, I told Jeff, like, I really want to put some some effort into this and want to take it over and, and lead it. And he was he, you know, he had his own family situation and uh, and his record that he had made with had sort of passed its time. And I was like, yeah, you, you go ahead and take it. So uh, I, I ran with it and um, turned it into a, a actual 501c3 nonprofit so we could raise a little money and. And, you know, have some have some actual support financially and otherwise and people feeling like it's a safe place to, to come and be trusted. You know, there's a bit of credibility that comes with that and, and trust. Um, and, yeah, now we're four thousand over four thousand members. Not all of those are active, of course. You know, it's like a couple hundred at any given time. We've survived just fine through the pandemic doing uh, online events. But, you know, we're an event. You know, we like getting together and, and in a number of different ways. And 
it's about connection and, and support in the creative community, all styles. Uh, we get all kinds of interesting music coming in and, and, but we want people to write, you know, it's, it's, there's a very cultural thing, I think to, to, to music as, as the art form, uh, you know, the creative art form. Lots of people doing cover bands and all that. And the, the, the music industry is sort of a different thing, right? Um, and and people who who are in the business of music again, there's there's lots of different parts of that going on. So we're really focused on the art of it, the, the songwriting, and and what what does that what does that mean, and what does that mean in the community and for the community to have uh, the support of 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 other musicians because there's not really an industry for that terribly well i mean there's there's a lot of details there that i'm sort of skipping over but <laughs> it's not a it doesn't have the infrastructure right the, huh? the music industry doesn't have the infrastructure for developing original talent like it like it used to so so does the group then help do you guys provide like mentoring or training to somebody who's a new songwriter who's looking for you know, feedback, gentle feedback, maybe because, yep. you know, you don't Absolutely. want somebody to come and tear it apart if you will, but. Yeah. In then, fact, we have different levels of critique sessions. We have, you know, casual critique uh, <laughs> events. We have more formal critique events. Uh, mm-hmm. We have theme songwriting. We have just straight educational, you know, here's the, here's the topic come and, and see, you know, we'll, we'll bring in, you know, different presenters and professionals uh, from the local industry, even traveling, you know, folks who are on tour, will will bring them in and have them talk about a songwriting topic, you know, anything from, uh, from sort of the nitty gritty writing lyrics, right. Uh, music theory and song structure to, you know, stage presence, just vocal technique, all kinds of topics. Right. Um, okay. And then, of course, performance itself. We have showcases and, and open mics. And we're not big into that. There's already like a huge like open mic community that sort of runs itself and places have their own open mics. So we're not huge on that part. But we do want to give some opportunities to our members where we can, to, to especially the showcases. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of the showcases because, you know, an open mic, you maybe get like two songs for a whole like three hour night. For me, like I barely get warmed up with a couple of songs. Like I'm just get just getting going, and and you're done. So um, I like getting you know 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour at least mm-hmm. to uh, to play. And um, you know sometimes we do bands, sometimes we do solo acoustic stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of the the general shape of the of the organization. So you said you had approximately four thousand members. Not all of them are active, but yeah. that's a that's a lot of people it, to, to my way of thinking. That's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of folks that are um, at least curious about songwriting. We'll, we'll start it there, you know, uh, and all the way up to, you know, professionally dedicated to the craft of, of songwriting. What do you think the future holds? I mean, is, I hate, you know, I say this almost every episode, but you know, I'm so tired of this pandemic just because it's like, yeah. it, it's you know if I hear the word pivot again, or if I say that every every flipping episode, it's like oh, oh we pivoted. But but it's, so it's hard to ask this question. But what what do you think you want and the group? What do they want the future to look like? And and yeah. that's a little convoluted right now because at the time of recording, 
Uh, no, I, I think it's, it's a good question. We're always thinking about sort of where is the group headed. And right right before the pandemic, we had uh, our first uh, weekend retreat, for example, right? Sort of expanding on on people getting together and having a little more in-depth time to actually write together, get to, get to really know and maybe form partnerships to write, things like that. Um, and we want to, we want to get back to that. Uh, there's no doubt that, that we, uh, have really, we were doing over 10 events every month, a lot, oh. right? Getting together. Yeah. We had a lot going on. Wow. This isn't just like a one-time oh. per month oh. thing. Like, yeah. This is a lot of, a lot of events. We were up to like, you know, 15 or more, uh, at, at different points per month. Literally every- Every every other day, if if you average it out, wow, that's that is exactly a lot of, yeah. We had okay. a lot of events going on, and uh, and so there are different people who who are attracted to different parts of that, right? So that's another mm-hmm. thing about the four thousand. It's like not everyone comes to every event. That's not sure. even the point of it, right? There's different times, there's different topics, et cetera, et cetera. So we want to get back to the live events. There's no doubt about that. But the online, the, the the real getting comfortable with online has opened up a lot of doors, not just for the types of events, but of those 4,000, we have discovered there are many people outside of Seattle who are a part of the group and have really enjoyed being part of it. We've got people from India, Australia, uh, UK, Canada who have joined us for the online events and have really become a you know, regular faces, just like anyone else who's, who is local. And that has been, that has been really nice. That's something we want to continue and, uh, and grow, um, and invite other songwriting associations across the country. There's Dallas, there's San Diego, there's, there's a number that I'm aware of and connected to and, you know, had had sort of casual contact previously, but I think this is a real opportunity to sort of bring, bring others into the fold and, and really have, uh, some some cross pollination of just learning and what's going on and people who are doing tours okay they can connect to these other markets and actually be able to put that together with uh, with other people like minded folks and, and 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 folks they just connect with for style and whatnot so uh, so there's a real opportunity there longer term we have we have big dreams <laughs> big dreams Scott um, you know part of the five hundred one c three uh, funding that we're trying to both save up for and look for opportunities for is, is we'd love to have a, um, a home base, so to speak, at some point, you know, sort of like what Vera Project or the Recording Academy have, you know, a spot where people can actually go, something that's maybe, uh, you know, it could be a, its own like coffee house and, and recording shop, right. That has a couple right. of rooms and one for seminars. Like there's sort of a ideal dream. Right. And then there's, you know, what kind of facilities might, might actually fit that kind of thing. But, but yeah, there are big dreams to have a community center basically that is, you know, sort of art is welcome here, you know, and really, really play it up as a, uh, a spot where musicians can, come express themselves, you know, uh, uh, and, and audience members, be they other musicians or just fans of, of music, want to hear something interesting, new, but original and, you know, really supporting the local artistic community. That That's sort of the big dream. 
Well, I mean, I've never ever heard anyone suggest that music and coffee go together. So that's a shock <laughs> um, to me, but what a, you know, I mean, boy, let's take, you know, two, two things that Seattle's well known for music and coffee and, and mash them together. And, you know, that just sounds amazing to me. Yeah, I, I, you know, there are a lot of nice coffee houses that have, have music, you know, so it's not like that particular piece is, is uh, unique, original, but I think putting all the pieces together in terms of really being a, a, a center of, you know, where, where artists can go, can, can not only drop in and play music, but we can have these educational, you know, locations. Mm-hmm. Cause right now we sort of are all over wherever, whatever space we can rent, beg or borrow, right. To, to mm-hmm. do these events, to actually have a, a home base where we can have events, where people can gather, we can do these seminars, we can do these critique sessions, we can just schedule, maybe even have recording time and, and you know, different writing rooms and tools, right? I have actual, uh, you know, writing tools, maybe some some computer setups with Master Writer, I think, you know, things like that where folks wouldn't necessarily have that on their own, right? And and it's so easy for songwriters, especially individuals, you know, people who aren't in a band collaborating already, Um to be very isolated, very mm-hmm. isolated, just sitting in front of the computer and, and writing or just sitting in a bedroom with a guitar, whatever, uh, piano, and just doing their thing and, and like not actually be able to have any outlet either for themselves creatively, collaboratively, uh, or to express that music, share that music out into the world. So having that, you know, having this group be an opportunity for that, it, it grows it grows artists like you wouldn't believe. We've had people come in who are not only, you know, fairly beginner, some who, who aren't beginner, but have never actually done that sharing. They mm-hmm. come in like that, haven't played live or anything, and have, have over a couple of years of, of being with the group are like top performers and, you know, writing and have an album out and, and just like, just blossom. You know, that's amazing to see. Um, and it's it's all levels that that come into to the group, right? And and you know, take off some sort of graduate, right? And and actually have it have it really be their professional calling. We have some you know professionals and touring musicians who who drop in, you know, at different times as well, and just uh, you know sort of get get what they what they need out of that support and sort of connect with artists again. That's a, that's an important thing that I, I'm not sure uh, gets the gets the attention that, uh, <laughs> that it, it may deserve. One of the things that I find interesting is about what you guys are doing. And this is applicable across any platform, if you will, but it's so easy to be connected to people electronically these days, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook, whatever, all these myriad of online platforms and they work. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is, you know, but, but there's something about, uh, an, uh, a group that meets in person, uh, something about a group that collaborates in person that adds a dimension that seems to be lacking to me from even the most well-run virtual gathering spot. Don't get me wrong. It's Agreed. wonderful. How else would you know about a songwriter in Melbourne? Let's say, yeah, right. And you might strike up a lifelong friendship with that person. But I also believe that when you meet that person for the first time, it, it adds this 
three-dimensional depth to it. They're, you're no longer looking at, like you and I are very two-dimensional. So we're, we're recording this. We see each other. There's not a lot of depth here, but yeah. physical depth. But if we were in the same room, there would be a different level of connection. So I really, the idea of you guys wanting to have a home base, I, you, you know, coffee is my thing. So, of course, I'm all like, hey, do coffee. But, yeah. you know, you, you could have said it was going to be a pizza place. And, we're not, well, look at me. Pizza is <laughs> like another another thing of my life. But I just think that that would make such a, a difference in in somebody who is maybe a little unsure of themselves, a safe space to, to come out. And, you know, I can't imagine um, – well, first off, I can't imagine myself playing an instrument because if I look at a guitar, it goes out of tune. <laughs> I love music. It does. It, 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 I can't. Yeah, no. Yeah. But you know, somebody who's, who's been sitting in their, uh, on the edge of their bed with a guitar or, you know, our garage band and, and putting something together and being able to go out and in a safe environment of, of, of like-minded people who are, you know, supportive that's that's powerful to me. So I, I really I really love what you guys are doing, and and I I hope that you I hope that the dream is successful soon. Oh, thank you, thank you. That there's almost nothing more satisfying than uh, when someone comes to the group for the first time and it's like, oh, you know, caveat, caveat. I don't know, really. I don't know about doing this. Uh, this is my, you know, ex song. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like big, big caveat speech, right? right? And then just blows you away. You know, just not. And you're just like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And, you you had like, no clue, right, did you, kid? You know, or I'll say kid, going, but you know, you know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's like totally undiscovered and totally shy. And, and we've taken some of those people and, and, like I said, sort of grown them in, in ways that, you know, they, they never would have imagined themselves doing when they first arrived. And that's, that's, that's really fun. And, and again, all levels. I, I love working with folks who, who are, who are experienced and able to really, you know, provide some good examples and, and, uh, and connections, right. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is about networking and just understanding sure. who you can collaborate with, connect with, you know, people have different musical goals, right. So yeah, right. lot, lots of good stuff happening there over the years that uh, I'm really, really happy about and happy to to continue and hopefully continue to grow. All right. So warning, difficult question time. And I normally <laughs> I'll ask this question later in the episode, but we're going to bolt it on to the, the whole because you mentioned, you know, coffee music play. So we're yeah. going to ask you. We'll, we'll gauge the difficulty against the Van Halen song. Well, uh, yeah. OK, later. so if it were up to you and you alone. And it was going to be a, a coffee shop that had all this musical stuff there. What coffee roaster would you use? Oh my gosh. Yeah. See, told you, I warned you it was a difficult question. So, so we can reframe that question. Where do you like to go for coffee? Uh, we have, so we have uh, some great shops here in, in Kirkland, one just down the road on, uh, uh, just south of Totem Lake here, it was urban, urban, um, what was their name? Urban, urban coffee, right? It's so, so small and local. I kind of forget the name, but, uh, huh. they, they changed here. I'm going to actually, you can cheat. Do a, you can do, a, do a quick search. So I get the names right. Cause these people deserve, uh, because see deserve the like idea of pairing music with coffee is 
Urban Coffee yeah. Lounge. Urban Coffee Urban Lounge. Co- and then they, sorry, I'm going to inter- interrupt you just for a second because they then changed from the Urban Coffee Lounge to uh, something Roasters. Okay, keep keep going. I'm going to look for the Roasters now. Well, I just see, I mean, this is the thing. You guys could collaborate with, um, I mean, I'll just throw out a crazy idea for if you really wanted to become a, a, a place of community, yeah. become a become a uh, cooperative roasting place where people can come in and uh, roast coffee on the equipment that's there so that, you know, so they can start their own little, there's a lot of these places, not a lot. There's some places I know of one in Oakland, for example, that you can come in and rent the roasters by the hour and learn how to oh, be. Oh, is that we'll right? Teach, we'll teach you how to be a coffee roaster. So it's, you know, you guys are helping people learn how to be songwriters. This this co- collective is helping people be coffee roasters. You know, could you imagine marrying the two of those up? Although I will, I will warn you that the smell of burnt coffee beans is really not pleasant, and that would be a bad thing for business <laughs> that day. But you know, the idea of being this yeah. multifaceted community center might be kind of a, a fun uh, a fun thing to to partner with. I so, like that. I like that. Yeah. So the name of, of the place that has taken over the Urban Coffee Lounge is Visible Coffee Roasters. Visible Coffee. Place. I have not heard of that. Okay. Visible Coffee Roasters. Um, I think they, they only have one other place up in Mill Creek, which okay. the interesting story there is our very first uh, uh, showcase uh, was was done up in Mill Creek at what is now this visible coffee roasters place. I think at the place it was called, uh, bad with the names of stores, uh, you know, a decade ago, but it was, uh, the something cow, the, the, Oh, spotted cow, spotted cow. Thank you. Yes. Spotted cow. Yep. So that's where we did our first songwriters in Seattle showcases was spotted cow, which was sort of ice cream and coffee. And, uh, and they they have become visible coffee roasters, and now they're, you know, come okay. to my come to my neighborhood, and you know, sort of favorite hangout place. There you go. All right. Your you recently um, launched, released, dropped whatever the correct word is here, an album. Yeah. Let's 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 talk very, about let's let's very let's, excited let's, about that one. Let's you know grind the gears as we shift here, but let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about the new album and because when we were talking on the phone the other day, you kind of, you kind of alluded to this. It was a lengthy process. Is that a fair statement? It was. Yes. Okay. Lengthy process. Um, ultimately worthwhile. Um, but, yeah. uh, tough to, tough to get this one out the door. That's for sure. Um, I, 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 Last release was in 2012. That was solo, and okay. and look when when you're solo. And I, my last three records have been solo, so um, there's a certain pace you can do, and a certain decision making, right? That that comes with the solo. And and uh, as I mentioned, I've got a solo EP in the works as well that, that that's coming out soon. And and it's because I can I can move at sort of a faster pace, and it is. The, the, the trade-off there, <laughs> it's like if this <laughs> Crystal Monkey project, you know, if, if, if it's a 
if you think of it as a, a fine wine that, you know, has, has aged and to be savored and, you know, you can really sort of peel it apart, the complexity and the, you know, the tones and enjoy it over and over again, because there's a lot, really a lot there to pull apart. You know, the, the solo records tend to be a little more like, like a shot of bourbon, you know, it's, it's going <laughs> to hit you a little harder. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be to taste, right? Some, some folks are going to be into it and, and, and some not It's it's, uh, you know, a little rougher around the edges perhaps. Um, but, uh, you know, to those who are into it, like very, very satisfying and, and definitely right. going to, going to knock you off your feet a little bit. So, so, you know, it's hard, hard, harder hitting a, a little bit. So, so yeah, this crystal monkey, um, aged well, <laughs> we gave it a, a lot of loving care and, and huge credit to, um, uh, my, my partners there, Rob and Mark, who, uh, who just brought a lot of love to these songs and to the process, uh, love and skill, you know, as musicians and as, uh, folks who are, who are into the technical side of, mm -hmm. uh, of recording and, and making music and really have, have, you know, lifelong experience to draw from, um, really, really great guys and great musicians. Um, and I think, I think that we really treated these songs that I wrote, uh, probably ranging from 2013, 13 or so is probably the oldest song on there all the way through to the beginning of pandemic. I'll find you the, the one that, that wraps the song or wraps mm -hmm. the album uh, was written right at the beginning of the pandemic. In fact, I, I had rushed a release of that song out solo because I was like, this, this pandemic is you know only going to be for two weeks. So I, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to get, get this song out cause it's still relevant and all that. Yeah. So, so once things started to, uh, being being uh, apparent that it was going to last rob and mark actually were like we really like this song we should we should crystal monkey fire you know and and they put their their touches to it and we went back and polished it up and 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 uh you know it took it up a, a number of levels uh, no doubt and and uh and that's the version that is that is on the record and so all of these songs sort of have that that level of of care and um, assessment, you know, I do guitar solos and be like, yes, it's a cool guitar solo. And Rob would be like, you gotta go do that again. That doesn't work. I'm like, what? You know, like, are you kidding me? That was something that, uh, and he's right. You know, that, that's the, that's the lovely part of having a little bit of that, that, you know, collaborative, I wouldn't even call it conflict, just, just feedback, right? Someone else to bounce stuff off of is you get, you get uh, a different perspective <laughs> and I right. go back and, and I'd be like, all right, I can do this solo better. And I'd play the solo and, and it, it feeds off itself. Right. Cause then I do the solo and then I let that go for a little bit and I'd go, now nah, I'm going to throw that one away. I just, you know, make the call myself and be like, I'm going to do it again. And, and so it has, again, that sort of level of care as well. And just, just personal reflection and assessment that we, we wanted a, a really something we could all be proud of you know, for the rest of our lives, like we could give this to anyone be like, mm -hmm. this is, we are proud of this. This is cool. Again, taste. Some folks may not like it, but I don't think anyone cannot can deny that, uh, 
you know, it's, it's pretty well, it's pretty well made. They're good songs. We, you know, we started out with 17, we cut four of them. So we, we really tried to get it to, you know, the best of the best. And it's still, you know, 13 songs. It's mm-hmm. an hour long. It's, uh, it's really representative of, of, I think this group and, and, uh, what we, what we really wanted to attain, it, it, it hit it. So will you guys be performing live? I mean, once again, the caveat of the times sure. that we're in, but yeah. do, you, do, do you have intention for the Crystal Monkey Project to uh, perform live? Absolutely. And we, we okay. did, a, we got to squeeze in a, a, a CD release, an album release party um, okay. in, in mid July while things had calmed down. Um, and we had scheduled some stuff here even for end of August that got canceled. So, you know, it's, it's, that's just rolling with the times. Um, uh, live is something that, uh, yeah, we would love to play these songs live. That's a, that's a different feel, a different atmosphere. Uh, it's something that we're a little out of practice with, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, I've been performing my whole life. So it's not like stage presence is a problem or something, but they're just like sitting and practicing and rehearsing. Like those are, those help, but there is nothing like actually being in front of an audience live. Like you got to do that over and over to really get the feel back and, and, you know, take that to a new level. So yeah, that's definitely a part of it. Um, There's no doubt. I enjoy the writing and recording more. So it's oh, not okay. like we're, we're not planning on doing like a not touring, uh, you know, big, big plans for live playing. But uh, but it's something we want to add into our our schedules and our, our, you know, mindset of how we're moving forward for sure. So this might be a good time to, to circle back to the very beginning of the episode where I mentioned we were going to talk about that jacket. I know that that's not from this project, but let's. So you've got this picture of yeah. you playing on your website. You, you've got a. Les Paul, you're wearing a a jacket that I would say was inspired by Jackson Pollock. Sure. You said there was a story there. So yeah. what, what is the story of this jacket? Yeah, the story of the jacket is uh uh in the in the range of you know twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen or so, twenty seventeen, I um joined up with a charity group. Uh, local charity group for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation that okay. uh, raised money by running half marathons and taking part in in big you know rock and roll marathon type mm-hmm. events, right? And did a number of those, raised a lot of money for 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 charity. And one of them was the New Orleans uh, marathon, half marathon. So uh, I was down there for for this run and you know hanging out with the 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 team it's team challenge for the for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and uh, just happened upon a sort of midnight art fair market. Okay, thing. <laughs> what do you call it? You know, it was midnight midnight fair. Uh, we you know we were out at a, at a club. We had been watching music. We came out onto the street uh, there there in the uh, French Quarter, and there's this you know great you know, all lit up, uh, looked like a, a big party, but it was a, it was an art fair, you know? And, and there was a guy who, uh, lots of fashion stuff. I actually got a couple of really cool, unique art 
you know, one, one off kinds of art fashion things. And okay. uh, yeah, this guy had, had just had a racks of these coats that, that he had, he had, you know, obviously you know, laid on the ground and just sprayed the paint across and, and this one had the team challenge colors. So the team was, of course, like, oh, you got to get that. I was trying them on. And then the, there's the orange and orange and blue uh, colors for the for the team challenge group. So I picked it up. And I was like, this is a great stage jacket. <laughs> it looks great. This is great. So that's yeah. actually paint. It's not like a, a it's not like woven into the fabric. Somebody no. actually painted. The no, it's artwork. It's yeah, the guy. The that's guy cool. Did, did okay. the artwork on it. Yeah. That's very cool. All right. That's, that is a good story. I like that. Yeah. Cause it's a, so uh, I, my wife and I went to uh, Chicago for business slash little vacation yeah, three or four years ago, sometime in the past life blurs now, you know, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Where, okay. So anyway, we're, we're at this, this men's clothing store there and, and uh, there was this um, purple Paisley sports coat. And I just, which is not me at all by, by any stretch of the imagination. Just, but I'm like, this thing's really cool. And yeah. she's just like, not sure. And so she took a picture of it and some, and anyway, she, she put it on Facebook. Uh, I've never had, and it was basically, what do you guys think? You know, yeah, the community think? speaks. Yeah. And, it was so polarizing. All my friends who were musicians were like, that's the coolest thing ever. And everybody that's not musically inclined was like, oh my God, what are you going to do? Yeah. So, yeah, but it's like, okay. Um, and I'm not musically, you know, inclined. I'm, a, I'm an enthusiast, so I guess I can, I'll wear it, you know, when I'm seeing live music one of these days again. It's a conversation piece I found, oh, you know, you yeah, wear it to that's- a party and, and, People ask yeah. about it, of course, and yeah, it's a thing. So yeah, it's fun. That's cool. That's cool. You teased um, a solo project coming out, um, and you compared it to Bourbon. <laughs> so. so this is rock and roll. Just so your audience knows, this is a uh, rock and roll. It's a little bit, it, even the Crystal Monkey stuff. You know, it's a uh, uh, tiny bit on the prog side. People always oh, mm-hmm. rush, and I'm like, it's not really rush, but it's got a, you know, it's got a hint of that sticks. Uh, but Foo Fighters is sort of a main modern influence, I think. Um, okay. It runs the gamut. There's uh, there's some keyboards in there as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's rock and okay. roll. Yeah. But it's but it's composed rock and roll. I want to make that clear. It's not like bluesy Le- Zeppelin rock and roll. It's No, I was listening to some yeah. of the tracks and I was watching a couple of the videos. And yeah, it's got this. Uh, yeah, I'm. The reason I'm not really saying anything is I'm still trying to formulate how I want to not put my foot in my mouth about it. <laughs> but um, prog prog be the the easy way to 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 hand it over to somebody. Prog say, pop, you know? maybe. I mean, prog pop, yeah. It's melodic. Um, I call it melodic rock, um, but because it's still you know chorusy, it's you know gets stuck in your head kind of stuff. But it's it's big guitars. It's you but, know. But what I t- what I took away from it in by no means a music critic at all. But what I took away from it was I was impressed with the um, production and the overall um, depth of the sound. I mean, there was a lot going on, it, but it wasn't chaotic. It was, um, 
I'm not a wine drinker, but I have to give you the, you know, nod my head to you. And yeah, when, when people describe, you know, big red wines, they're like, well, it's complex and it has a, you know, mouthfeel, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And the, your, the songs I was listening to kind of evoke that sort of contemplative response versus, you know, three, three chords in a, in a snare drum. Correct. So when we'll put a link to, to it below so people can check it out and I encourage them to do so. But, but your solo stuff is it you're going to tell me it's a little, it's a little more guitar uh, heavy. I think I'll find you as a song is the connective tissue. It's, it's more in that like guitar forward, um, up tempo. uh, Certainly if you're a, a, guitar rock enthusiasts like this is mm-hmm. going to be interesting to you um okay. and uh it sort of it it is of a time i think you know these are all pandemic not necessarily pandemic related <laughs> but it's it's of that i think there's a feel of like uh a, a, a yearning a you know what does the future hold is is this, you know sort of a common theme of it and it's, okay. it's another reason why I want to, you know, sort of wrap this up with five songs, get it out as an EP and just have it, have it reflect or time capsule ish of, uh, uh, of that feeling and, and have it be still upbeat, but, but yearning, you know, I think that's, that's the feeling I'm going for. And that, that passion, I, it's, it's got a heavier beat, you know, there's nothing, there's no, uh, there's no ballads on this, on this one. No ballads. Um, okay. And yet it's, it's still got, each song has its own character to it that uh, uh, I'm, I'm real happy with it. You know, this is touch, like you could even say like a bit Guns N' Roses, a bit Foo Fighters, a bit, uh, um, oh, I don't know. There's still, it's still got the, the heavy harmony vocals in there. Okay. So uh Whatever, whatever. Uh, did you play? Did you play all the instruments? Yeah, on this, so I do you... all the instruments on my solo okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. And when approximately might that be available? Aiming for November, so so that folks okay. can have it for for the holidays. Oh, holiday shopping season. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, not that I'm looking for big sales, but that again, I'd like to tie this off. I've been um, in a in a creating mode pretty heavily between the music. The videos, I mean, I've done finishing up seven videos for the Crystal Monkey Project. Uh, four are currently released. Uh, one wow. coming out for You're My Star uh, this week. So that's number five. And then uh, one that we did uh, up at uh, Verge Studios here in Bothell uh, that was actually filmed of us. The others are more like lyric videos and, and stock footage kind of evoke the the feel of because right. I, I can't pay for seven live, uh, you know, filmed videos like that. That's, uh, it gets a little nutty. So we did one video where, where we actually filmed ourselves and such. Um, okay. And then others, uh, the other six just represent the songs. I wanted imagery and, and mm-hmm. lyrics uh, to, to be out there as, as you know, people consume music through yeah. through visuals these days Absolutely. Lot, right and and so having a, a solid youtube catalog that represents uh the the crystal monkey project was important for me and i've already got three videos out of the five songs for the ep you know sort of in the in the oh. can ready waiting to go so i've been doing a lot of this creation and 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 
you know, get, getting getting the pieces together and the what marketing I can do by myself, you know, that's sort of all in one. It's it's too much, right? That's one of one of my problems with the music industry, but we can maybe get to that another time. Um, <laughs> but I've been doing it all for the, for the past year really heavily and I just need a break. So I'd like to get this out by November, get those mm-hmm. videos out, have people enjoy that work and then take a little break. <laughs> take a break. So you're doing, you, are you putting the videos together? You're uh, doing that too? Yes and no. So I'm, I'm, directing them all uh i have okay. various uh uh vendors uh okay. who, who i who i bring on board to do different videos depending on sort of what their style is and what what okay. i think is going to work well um and and i'm sort of main main feedback and then i'll often grab them and do some final final touches okay. that, that oh. is tough to just go back and forth yeah it's like there's only so much detail i'm gonna have a vendor do for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get right. yeah, you're, you're in the ballpark here. I'll, I'll take it. And I go from there. So you'll do the final mile. If yeah. You I do the yeah. final okay. mile kind of stuff. All right. So questions I love to ask musicians, you know, since we're all about Washington state, so you, you can't go, we're not going to evoke your time back in Michigan. So we've got to keep you. Yeah. Last yeah. 20 years, please. Okay. Last 20 years is a good, good show. Favorite venue to perform at. For you, yeah, yeah, um, that you have performed at, yeah, yeah. First off, that's part, yeah. part one of the question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That I have performed at. Um, it, it's a tough choice, even and and I haven't even performed at you know, a large. There's so many venues in in, I, uh, in the area. It's kind of crazy. So. Uh, probably favorite rock venue. I really enjoyed the Nectar Lounge. Okay. That was, that was a fun one. Um, really enjoyed playing with our friend Ray, uh, Raymond Hayden at <laughs> Auburn Avenue theater. That was tremendous. Okay. And then the last one, if I top, I'll do top three. Um, you can do top three. Uh, had my 2012 album release party at the, uh, hard rock cafe here in Seattle. And, uh, I wish they had a better like lighting rig and sort of stage setup, but it was a lot of fun. And, and the crowd really enjoyed that. It's an enjoyable venue and, and they, they, you know, work really hard to make things sound good. So there's that, that's always appreciated. Now I'm going to put in the audience Mm. favorite, favorite venue to see music being performed at. Yeah. Probably the more theater. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, really enjoy the more. Um, love. What is it about the Alter Bridge? Uh, had a, did, did a awesome show at the more. Um, uh, I've, I've seen so many people at the more. Um, that I almost picked venue like who's coming to the more. <laughs> okay, all right. Go, go all see right. that. Yeah, Alter Bridge was the last last uh, big show. At Alter Bridge at the more was the last big show. I saw before uh, the lockdown. So, that, all right. And then, since you have big dreams for the the songwriters group, what would be a a, a stretch goal for you of a venue to play at in Washington? Uh, probably Triple Door. Probably Triple okay. Door is 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 uh, most um, appropriate for the the variety of 
of membership that we have there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Triple Door, you can do a lot of different things mm-hmm. in there, and yet it's still a, an audience uh, music. You know, the, the the music is the center of attention. You know, right? Um, okay, that's that's about the the speed that I look at. You know, um, outside of like festival stuff, I think festival. Uh, opportunities are are great. There was a point where we even thought we might uh, put together our own festival, sort of like what Upstream did a few mm-hmm. few years ago. Um, but as Upstream found out, you need Paul Allen kind of money to uh, to do such a thing. Right. <laughs> we right. we are not close to that. So uh, <laughs> so that you know, in terms of far off dreams, like. That, that one's, you know, sort of feels a little okay. bit further out of reach. But, yeah, there, there's sort of a summer festival. Um, a lot of our, our people play um, uh, folk life. Um, okay. I, I'm not so big. I'm, I'm a rock guy, of course, so so that is not as interesting. But, uh, of course, uh, if Bumbershoot was more local, <laughs> locally focused, like that, bringing back that kind of thing would be a really cool – venue uh for a sonar yeah. in seattle as well what about for you though you personally stretch goal where would you want to play oh my gosh wembley i mean no, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Lo- local local uh local oh, oh wembley. That's, a, that's a stretch goal i'll give you that that's that, we can't fault you from wembley man come on um i think even a reasonable stretch goal for me would be like Neptune. I really like okay. Neptune. I think that's yeah. a that's a nice environment. Sounds good. Feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, would be sort of uh, you know not not out of my head. You know, it's it's uh, right. at least for for where I where I am right now. Neptune would be mm-hmm. it feels like completely realistic and stretch goal. That's a that's an I like that venue. Um. Yeah, that's that's and the more the more is an interesting venue too. Um I have I don't yeah. I don't know that I don't think I've ever been to the triple door, which seems really, really strange to say. It's very comfortable, have. you know. You sort of get, get your table and your seats and and uh so what, yeah, it's 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 fun and it's it's really good for musicians and that's 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 why I like it's the, the music. Really and what's, cool. what's fun about doing this and having conversations with, with musicians, you know, and I ask that question, like, where, where do you want to play or where, you know, vice versa. And I will say unofficially, you know, just counting on my fingers and toes. I think the triple door is in the lead as far as that. Is that right? That, yeah. I think, yeah, it's just held by people hold it in pretty high esteem. Um, it's funny because you know, this is, you know, it's interesting. I say you guys, but the, the, the guests have been fairly consistent about, about the triple door being a reference point for them. Uh, there's a, a venue in Spokane. Um, the first interstate center might not be the exact words, but it's, it's branded first interstate. And w- we've seen, I always saw Robert plant there uh-huh. and I saw John Mellencamp there. The small arena kind of, it's about 3000. Okay. But what's nice about it is, okay. So as you can see by looking at me and for those people that know me in real life, I'm a very small human being said, nobody ever. I I'm like six, four, I'm 300 some pounds. I'm a big guy and I'm always miserable. Oh. To a theater. 
But the first interstate is like flying first class on an airplane. My knees don't hit the seats in front of me. And that's yeah. amazing. But what's really cool about it as we've gotten older is that, so we saw Mellencamp and I don't remember exactly what time it was. Like it was like the show ended like at 10 Oh seven. Cause I looked at my, you know, I looked at my, my phone and oh, 10 Oh seven. And we were in the bar at the hotel across the street at 10 14. Oh, wow. So the, the Davenport hotel has one of their hotels directly across the street from this place. We stay there. We go see music. We walk across to our hotel room. It's, it's, it's brilliant. That's a cool setup. So that, yeah, that's a venue that um, I think people from the West side should know more about. Because yeah, it's, 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 it's a nice sounding room. Plant, plant, both Mellencamp and Plant sounded phenomenal in there. And they were both in their own ways. Interesting. Good shows. <laughs> Okay, interesting way to put that. Well, yeah, you don't. Mellencamp's no. I'll just say this: Mellencamp's band was amazing, but I watched the exact same show on a Mellencamp DVD. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Exact same banter between the exact same songs. I mean, it was so very scripted. Yep, and it was a little just. In, in hindsight, it was a little disappointing. I went to see Robert Plant, not because I'm a, a Zeppelin fan, because I mean, I appreciate him, but I, yeah, but I thought I should go see this icon. Before yeah, legend, this icon. right? Yeah. And, and, and I didn't really know what to expect. And I walked out there going, oh my, I would go see Robert Plant day after day after day. He was phenomenal. His band was amazing. I mean, wow. I mean, it was just amazing and the venue is really really nice it's just comfortable it's it, yeah it's a it's a nice venue um that's cool think the paramount without all the ornate but mm. more more stripped down not as much gingerbread similar similar layout but with bigger seats okay so there's okay there, there's you go so you could that could be a good stretch nice. for you too um nice so I always like to ask, you know, when you're not doing your day job and you're not playing guitar, what do you like to do? What, what are some things around the, the Seattle Kirkland area that you think are worthy of sharing with our audience? Where's a cool uh, well, place to hang out? What do you, how about yeah. lunch? We all eat. Where's a great place to grab lunch? Yeah. When, whenever I invite folks out to, to my local area for lunch, yeah. It's Nick's Grill, a little whole in all place where Nick himself will make an amazing burrito. I know it's like it's not a Mexican place. It's 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 Nick <laughs> making amazing burritos on his grill and and lots of other okay. stuff too. But like personal and Nick will chat with you and it's just amazing and uh, uh, you know one of the best little hole in the wall local places on the east side right you don't usually think okay. of those kind of spots on the on the east no. side right um no. but yeah i have i have folks out and, and we do nick's grill almost every time okay. highly recommended nick's grill all right yeah you're right i don't think when i think of the east side i think more of a polished yeah you know corporate yep type deal. there's plenty of that there's plenty of that. Yeah, so but, there's but, some great burger places around. Um, uh, the, the, the lunch box is also right here in, in Totem Lake and they do a, 
a sort of uh, Asian inspired burger. It's a high end burger. Uh, like you're like paying twenty bucks for a burger, but it's a okay. damn good burger. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Look at that. Right. Yeah. and it's and it's oh. different, right? You're gonna get some a little different. Um, yeah, right. the box is uh, is a very okay. cool uh, burger place that when 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 it's like a treat uh, lunch, or if the or if the company's paying for it. <laughs> Are the companies paying for it? All right. So then, to, to kind of wrap this up, I, I I really would just because it is, it's part of what you do. But you're in the video game industry, right. which is interesting. Yeah, big and industry around here. It's one of the reasons we, we yeah, moved out here. It, yeah. So it's it is it's a it's a big industry. So I started you off. Describe your musical career in 30, 30 words or less. Let me let me ask you the same about your 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 the game industry. Describe that to the listener. What Ooh. what is it? What do you do? And yeah, so I'm a producer. I, I I project manager is some, sort of the general uh, thought for. It. And I have worked both in the uh, in the trenches with dev teams making you know. Uh, Planning and and helping to uh, support teams, creative teams. Again, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 a great mesh of technical and creative, but helping mm-hmm. them to create this thing, get it out the door, as well as working on the publishing side, which is actually supporting the developers from from a you know marketing and and uh, uh, what it actually means to get it out into the world to actually release something. Um, and and uh, I've worked both sides of that. It's been a okay. roller coaster. Made some great stuff. Made some lousy stuff. It, it's sort of comes with the territory over a over a twenty year career. So it's kind of, I mean, in in some ways, on from the outside looking in, not being a a game developer or a musician, but it's kind of similar. I mean, it's like the the project is, we'll say, an album, or the project is a game title. You you release it. Yeah, it's, a, it's very a smash hit or yeah you release it, it's a smash hit you release it and it was an epic failure and you know hopefully not but you know and you move on yeah the difference is there's way more money in for the developers <laughs> in the video game industry than there is for right. musicians in the music industry a few years ago i read an article that there was actually more money in the game industry now than in the movie industry correct like, yeah so my so these are overly simplified questions and no way can you answer them completely accurately, but how long is, how long, what, how long is the game development cycle on a project? It's certainly, there's, there's lots of different games these days, right? Smaller, like a mobile project might, might be six months at the fastest to a, to a year. Uh, A lot of stuff that I do on, on like consoles or bigger, uh, you know, PC games, like you would get on steam. Uh, might be two to three years. Uh, I've worked okay. on games for five years. Um, it, like that, that was an, an attempt. I never actually succeeded, um, but an attempt to be a um, Grand Theft Auto competitor, right? So really okay. sprawling open world kind of stuff that those take a long right. time to, to put together. Once again, impossible to answer, but uh, for let's say a console game, something that's going to be on the Xbox and on the shelves at you know Amazon and Target, GameStop and all that. kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. GameStop, right? Team size. How many? How many people are involved in a in a project? Yeah. So 
that can also vary from um, I've I've uh, worked with a lot of teams that were in the um, thirty to fifty ish size, and the the big oh, ones, okay. your 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 you know Halos and and Grand Theft Autos, those are going to be a couple hundred people. Um, wow. The biggest teams that I've worked on have been over a hundred. Um, that for for that Grand Theft Auto competitor, uh, that was over a hundred wow. folks trying to manage it, plus lots of contractors and outside teams, you know, contributing to that. So yeah, teams get get really big um, and a lot of money. You know, it's huge investments. It it used to be that a big game was in the twenty to fifty million dollar range. Um, these days, the 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 biggest. Uh, types, which is not completely uncommon, will be over a hundred million, you know, and probably pushing, pushing beyond that. Wow. I, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. That to me is, is just. But if you're going to make that kind of investment, those are the big MMOs that you hear about everything that, that, you know, started with world of Warcraft and, you know, sort of move that all forward destiny and, and, and those types of things. You know, those have subscribers at X number of dollars per month and they, they just can keep rolling and, and making those things bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, and that's how you how you both run up those bills, but you're also able to pay for it if, if it is popular enough. Subscribers. Right. No, it's, it's a subscriber world these days for. Oh, absolutely. For absolutely. My my uh, kid, when he was, I don't know, 10 I started in playing a game called Anarchy Online. Sure. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, which is still around, which is, which is, you know, um, which is a testament to either their ingenuity or their stupidity. I can't decide which. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then World of Warcraft came out, which was this seismic shift. And, uh, yeah, it just, I've spent a lot of hours playing all those It two, takes so. over people's lives, right? And, oh, my gosh. Yeah absolutely absolutely so but um well that's kind of cool though from the outside looking in that it sounds like a cool industry to be part of you know um i'm sure like every industry it's got its advantages and it's yep. not so you know great spot, so. moments <laughs> right well as, as we wrap this up i should probably ask you is there something i shouldn't or not shouldn't is there something i should have asked that i did not let me re- rephrase that statement you know, um, and where can people find more about you and yeah. listen to and watch your music and all that, you know? Well, certainly the uh, com is where my entire catalog is going back to okay. through the 90s uh, band that I did two albums with their three solo records, the Crystal Monkey Project and uh, and the new solo EP is going to be up there soon. So, you know, that's right. sort of a, a, a you know. Place and, and Bandcamp's great because you can sort of preview stuff. You can you can get a listen and and see if it's to your mm-hmm. taste, right? And uh, right. Uh, and all that. And, and it's also, I mean, I find my own artistic evolution just like interesting to look back on. You know, to to play yeah. those old songs and so it's 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 a journey, you know, and. Um, and while it's not one thing for sure, you can sort of 
hear a common thread and you know folks who know my music and have been following me for a long time and heard a lot it's like yeah it's it's chris klemecki i get it you know i, I, I hear the hear the common thread and you, you start to start to understand like uh how that has shifted and yet it's still my voice you know and i, I think okay you know coming back to uh, what I believe is the the artist being the important thing, not not the money, not the show, which is kind of what I mentioned. You're my star is the new uh, new song uh, video coming out. Like that is that song is sort of an artistic statement. It's like for forget the forget the accoutrements around the music. Like it's the the creation. Like that is the interesting and the thing that. If you can find other passionate people around the the that act of creation and have passion for it, that is just never going to end, right? It's just a, a, a part of you. That that is that is a beautiful thing in and of itself. You don't need all the other stuff. It's uh, just sharing that with other people who who enjoy it is really like that's number one uh, to me, and and is wholly satisfying. And just it's been a it's been a great journey, and I I'm enjoying doing more and more. Like I, I, I I'm starting to get the hang of it, you know. So I feel, <laughs> feel, feel like a you know it's still a learning oh process, and get, getting better and better. And uh, you know I hope people see that as well through 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 the history. That it's like yeah, this Crystal Monkey project I think is the best thing I've ever done, and this EP is you know going to take. Is going to be a next level of my solo work. Like, let's keep going from there. I'm excited to see what comes next. All right. So I should have asked this question earlier on. I got two questions for you, and then we'll wrap it up. So, how did you come up? How did you guys come up with the name, the Crystal Monkey Project? Yeah, that was uh, a mishearing of my name. Uh, We had been going as the Crystal Monkey Band. Or sorry, we had been going as the Chris Klemecki Band for a Uh while, and it was actually Rob, uh, uh, who I mentioned earlier, Rob Persall, who uh, uh, is the drummer and and he does a lot of the orchestration and, and et cetera. He's also in the game industry. He, he composes, and does sound effects and all that kind of thing. Um, okay. He was, he's in a number of bands and uh, they were just talking about what, what are you doing next? And, and Rob's was telling him, I've got this Chris Klemecki thing going. And someone was like, what? what? Crystal monkey. What, what are you, what are you talking about? What is that? And, uh, and it's like, Oh, that's stuck. That's pretty good. I like that. You know, it sounds like Chris Klemecki, but it's it's a little different, you know, it's a little different. And and we wanted to, because this project really, you know, Rob and Mark bring something different to the, to the picture, you know, to the show. And so uh, didn't want to just call it Chris Klemecki band. It is, it is different from my solo stuff. And so, yeah, naming it, naming it, that seemed like, yeah, this is the Crystal Monkey Project. That seemed completely uh, appropriate. I'm glad I asked it. That's a great story. <laughs> All right. So a- any parent in the world will hate this question. If if I had to put you on the spot to say somebody could listen to just one of your songs oh as an gosh, introduction to your music. How you're going to go yeah, for yeah. which album, but okay, one no, song. Sorry, man. It's, gonna, it's like pick your favorite kid. This is really, you know, I don't mean to put you on, but, but yeah. <laughs> You know, see what I mean? It's like, uh. so the hard thing about that is it's always the latest. It's always the the latest okay. thing, right? And so, well, what would be the one in, if somebody was looking? You know, when they're done listening to me yammer here, 
and they go online and they push play. Yeah. What would be a great introduction to your music? I think great introduction would be I'll find you. Uh, and, and the video for that, especially if you want to look up, uh, on YouTube for, uh, for I'll find you, um, that gives you not only the song, the guitar forward stuff that I, I really, you know, I, I enjoy that. That's a, that's a fun thing for me, but the video has a little bit of my sense of humor. It has, uh, it, it has a lot of people that, you know, uh, I, I love, and you know, it's got my, my video game team, uh, is, is in zoom in a bunch of different things. It's got my family okay. in different parts. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it, it shows some, per, my personality, I think, as well as okay. the song just being, you know, something I'm, I'm real proud of. And I think represents, represents, uh, you know, my sound pretty well. Where can people find you? Where should they be looking uh, to to find out more about you? Uh, you've mentioned Bandcamp, but where yeah. else can they? Crystalmonkey.com is going to give you the whole thing. If that's too hard to spell, Crystal Monkey Project is uh, is an easy one to get to, and that will also sort of uh, okay. you know, have have the tendrils out to all the other points where you can okay. uh, find me and, and my music. And we'll put some, we'll help out by spelling your name correctly and putting it in the link in the <laughs> show notes. We can do our it. little part for you. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. And um, I'm looking forward to continuing to listen through the Crystal Monkey Project. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the, you know, I'm going to constantly now say the bourbon inspired uh, EP <laughs> that you're you coming out, even though it probably has nothing related to that, but mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to remember it. Right on. I, I am looking forward to hearing that as well. So, uh, yeah, Thank you, Scott. Me. I really appreciate your time and, uh, and your interest in all this stuff. And Yeah, really cool what you're doing here. So really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.